Hey, welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. With me is my friend Nashad. Uh, oh man, I keep on I keep on messing up your name. I'm sorry. Um, you said it that, great. Is that the pronunciation? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I feel like I need to like explain why I'm having such a hard time with it. It's well, it's gonna be on the episode. But it's N A U S H A D, and then I, my brain is like now should, and that's yeah. not it. That's not the pronunciation. <laughs> Yeah, you you got it right, Nashad. And and actually, in 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 India, they say say it more like Naushad. So I see where that's coming from. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, I'm yeah. just tapping into my Indian yeah. background. This is more authentic, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but the reason why we have him on today uh, is because he's a holistic health coach. He's a mind body instructor, and today. Among other things, we're going to be talking about creating your lifestyle so that you can be in a perpetual state of flow. We're going to talk about overcoming chronic pain. We're going to talk about operating in a way that maximizes your mind and body health, uh, all of which are critical. I think this is a beautiful place to start building. And if you're listening to this podcast because you're here to get a killer relationship or begin dating powerfully, uh, having a strong foundation in these things is going to be essential to you because you're going to be less triggered. You're going to be funnier when you show up on dates. You're going to be more fully yourself. So in within all of that space, would you tell us a little bit more about like you and your backstory? Like I would love for the audience to hear what you're about. Yeah, thank you for that introduction, Rob. I'm just, first of all, just so glad to be here and to be able to to share with you on this podcast. So yeah, I'll give a little bit of context. I, my background uh, primarily was in, in sports and in competitive sports. I played soccer from the age of six until I was 22 years old. Mm. It was my dream growing up to play in the world cup and didn't, didn't make it to that level, but you know, <laughs> I, I got to the college level. Um, and throughout my late teens and in college, what ended up happening was as I got more and more competitive, uh, I ended up going through some pretty serious injuries, um, mm -hmm. some pretty serious spinal injuries. I injured almost every joint in my body, had some concussions, um, you know, and, and so that really woke me up, you know, in, in many ways. And at a pretty young age, you know, when I was around 20 years old, it really forced me to really explore and really actually just prioritize my health overall, because I was, you know, I was living with chronic nerve pain and I was constantly going through the process of rehabbing through injuries and trying to get back to sport. So at a very young age, I was in working with all different sorts of doctors from Eastern to Western medicine. And um, actually when I was 21 began um, practicing yoga, uh, which became more of a regular practice towards my late twenties and, and today. Um, so I was influenced pretty heavily by my, by injuries. And um, after you know, working a, a startup job for about four years after college, I realized that I actually wanted to get into the world of health and fitness and actually work with people. I'd just been inspired along my own journey of working with just so many amazing doctors and practitioners and therapists. And uh, really my soul was calling me to, to get into the world of, of health and wellness. And um, started off with, with doing personal training and working in the physical therapy setting. Uh, and then started to expand into massage therapy 
yoga, meditation, and over the last couple of years, more holistic health coaching. And I'm sure for those of you listening, wondering, okay, what is actually, what does health coaching actually mean? <laughs> and the, the simplest way that I could describe it is helping you change your behavior and lifestyle. So through the health coaching process, uh, I'm more of a, a guide to help you go through self-discovery to really understand what is maybe controlling your habits and your behaviors. And uh, we work on really discovering the blocks inside you to changing those behaviors and improving your health with a very holistic lens. So physical is one part of it. Uh, stress management is another part of it. Eating, sleep, taking care of yourself. So we look at all those different domains. Mm. That's quite the background. Uh, and I think from speaking with you, I know that you've like dabbled in a number of different areas of expertise, including Qigong and breath work. So I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um, and on the note of like stress relief, I think, I think one of the areas that we'd earlier discussed was like, how do we include the person who's listening in on what the experience would be like? And so I was thinking that like, okay, so what do we do? What would you have a client do if they were really nervous before a date or they'd just gotten into a fight with their spouse? Like what exercise would you recommend they walk through? And could you show us how to do that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I go straight to the breath. You know, the breath is just such a powerful tool that's available to us anytime, anywhere. It's really simple and it can help us change our state, can help us change our energy in a really, really short amount of time. So how about we just go through just a little bit of deep breathing here and if you're listening um, and are not driving, <laughs> go ahead and uh, close your eyes or if you're driving, keep your eyes open. And let's just get into it, Rob. We'll, we'll just do a short little breathing exercise. And so if you can close your eyes and find a comfortable position, whether you're seated down or lying down, see if you can have a straight spine so you're Relaxed yet alive. And just begin to take some deep breaths in through the nose, down into your belly region. If you want, you can put a hand on your belly. We'll breathe into the belly through the nose and then we'll exhale, completely letting go through the mouth. So deep breaths, roughly five seconds in, five seconds out. Just do this at your own pace together. If you're looking to bring in more of a state of relaxation or peace, just breathe that energy in through the in-breath. Your exhale is a complete letting go of tension.
we'll take our last connected breath here. And coming on back. How's that for you, Rob? I was hoping for an opportunity to provide feedback because I, I I run through some variant of this sometimes with clients, but even, even I'm like learning from following your example here and what I feel, what I felt when I was going through that was like I was almost reluctant to leave the space. It was nice. Um, I don't know if it, I'm not sure if it felt lighter, but it felt at peace and it's so interesting because I think a large chunk of my day, I'm just kind of grinding. I make sure that I set time for breaks, but it's hard for me to settle into that, which is funny because when I'm there, I'm like the desert during a hard rain. It's like, yeah, more like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to leave that either. <laughs> yeah. So that was really good. Uh, thank you for creating that. Um, would you explain a little bit of how that works to the people who are listening? Yeah, so what we did in just that short amount of time was probably a minute that we were breathing. What we're doing is through the breath, we're bringing balance to the nervous system, right? So we're, we're taking deep breaths, we're slowing it down. So that helps turn on the, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. Um, by breathing into the belly specifically, that helps us use the diaphragm, which is the muscle underneath our lungs to really expand. And so that allows us to breathe more deeply and fully. So we're using more of the full capacity of the lungs. You know, oftentimes when we're not really thinking or we're busy or working or we're just going through our day to day, we're not really conscious of our breath and tend to take very short breaths, you know, up into the chest area. So that oftentimes creates more of the sympathetic response, which is more of that alert stress state, um, even if we're doing it unconsciously. So just by slowing down, we're bringing the balance to the nervous system. And when we're in that place of more relaxation, we can e more easily bring in some energy states, um, whether it's peace, you know, you can even start to visualize or envision the type of feeling that you want to create and plant that into your mind as well. So there's some relaxation going on in the nervous system and then also just doing a little bit of feeling state visualization. Mm. I love your breakdown of it. And again, this goes beyond my knowledge, uh, which is cool to hear about. Like I was aware of the switching between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, but the rest of it about breathing from the diaphragm um, and into the stomach, like that's... That's fascinating. It also has me wondering if like, is there a similar sort of, or, or maybe not even similar, is there like an exercise that you're aware of that would allow people to snap into flow like more easily since this is sort of what we started off on like, mm -hmm. oh man, I, okay. And, and if you're unfamiliar with flow, let me actually, yeah. Would, would you break that down? Like how, how would you describe flow and why it's advantageous? Yeah, that's a great question. And I mean, flow takes on so many uh, meanings and experiences, but what I would, the way I'd break down the state of flow is you're being fully present in the moment. So the idea of anything that needs to get done 
or anything that happened in the past or anything that needs to happen in the future, that really doesn't exist because all that exists is this moment now and whatever activity that you're immersed in at this moment. So it could be through breathing, it could be through dancing, it could be through playing sports, making art, um, making love, you know, so you're just fully, fully present in the moment. And there's also this sense of um, liberation, like the, like you can't go wrong, like there's no right or wrong in mm. a sense, because when you're in that state of flow, you're, you're fully confident and there's that, you know, the judgments kind of out of the way, the ego mind is out of the way. Mm-hmm. So I'd also bring in that concept, like that kind of monkey mind is, is really subdued so you can be with whatever's present right now. Mm. And just to put the dating and relationship spin on this, that means that if you're on a date, you're not in your head about like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And like, oh, I could have been funnier here. And maybe I should have been louder or maybe touching her shoulder. That's the benefit. If you're in flow, you can be fully yourself. You don't have yes. to show up pretending to be someone else. And, and ultimately, I think, I think that's like the point. You want to be able to show up fully you so that if that person is ready to embrace that full version of you, it's a perfect match. You can be in, in an effortless relationship. Okay, so I always forget to do this, but if you're, if you're getting something out of this podcast so far, would you do me a solid and do this podcast a solid and like or rate or subscribe or whatever the functionality is, something that allows you to interact with this particular podcast on whatever platform you're on. Any interaction that you do helps us grow and helps us make more interesting conversations, helps keep me motivated to keep on having these conversations, uh, and in general, earns you a world where dating sucks just a little bit less. Yeah, I I just love that concept so much of the authenticity and and being yourself, you know, and you know, we've talked about this a lot, just the more that you can let your true self express, right? The more, um, you know, quite frankly, like the more other people are attracted to you, you know, the more that you feel aligned with who you really are and, you know, don't have that, that weight or that baggage of like trying to pretend to be anything you're not because that's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel that like, like within any conversation and, and especially within longer term relationships, uh, for me personally, it's led to a place of just kind of like going through the motions. It's not like an exciting time. It's, there's nothing wrong, but it's also not very alive. Like mm. I'm just there by reflex and I'm doing stuff because I'm supposed to be doing stuff. And to circle it back, back around to mindfulness and flow, like when I can be fully present, with the person that I am dating or in love with, there's some magic available there. Like that's where all the emotions and juicy stuff lives. And I think that it's available at any point in time, but it also means that we need to take a second to get into that flow state or to tap into this present moment. And I I would love to understand what you think is the best way to achieve that state, or if that's something that you can walk us through right now. Yeah, that's, that's a great question because you know, it, it's different. I feel like for, for depending on what your interests are, what you gravitate towards, what your, um, you know, how much practice you have in certain activities. But I, I really do think the, the breath 
is, is a great way for anyone and for beginners, even people who practice this a lot, because um, it's, it's so simple. It's, it's always available to us. You know, we don't need to like organize, you know, a, a big, <laughs> a big game or anything like that. Um, but, you know, t- so taking the breath, but, but using the breath in a c- very consistent manner, you know, like we were doing with the inhale, exhale, connected breath, no pause in between, and then doing that for extended periods of time, you know, so maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes or, you know, longer if you want, because the, the breathing works on many different levels. It works on the physical body. Um, and then, and so it's like a cellular cleansing process that happens as you keep, you know, recycling all the oxygen in and out of the cells. So um, I think the, the breath is, is a great way to do it. I don't know if, you know, any of you experience, you know, Wim Hof style breathing, there's, there's yoga pranayama breathing. Um, I've gone through trainings and experiences of transformational breath or rebirthing breath. So there's a lot of different breathwork modalities out there. Whoa. Yeah. We need to rewind back to transformational and rebirthing breath. Cause I've never heard of those things before. I thought I was deep into the weeds, but what, what are those? <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the transformational breath work, uh, that, that is quite a, quite a journey that, you know, it's actually a consistent breathing pattern for an hour. You do that for an hour. And that's, so I've mostly done that with facilitators and guides and they're also playing playing music and um, you know, mm-hmm. so you're, you're, that one's actually breathing through the mouth in a very consistent pattern. So it's actually a little bit faster. Um, and what I've experienced in the transformational breath is um, like deep, like emotional releases as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like after a certain point, you kind of get past that physical state and you get more in a rhythm. And then that allows you to tap more into your subconscious and your emotions and your feeling body. So um, I've just had very powerful experiences of, um, it's like you're in a lucid dream and you're tapping into your subconscious and maybe memories are coming up and emotions are coming up and I've cried. Mm. And, um, they, they also use toning, which is really just another fancy word for screaming, <laughs> large, uh, primal scream sounds going crazy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, wait so, so when this is happening, are you the one screaming or are they screaming at you? It's like I've done it in a group. We're screaming. I'm screaming. Okay. And then kind of everyone who's breathing together. It's actually really powerful when there's a group of people doing mm. it together because then you're feeding off of the energy, the breath of everyone else. Mm. And so you can just imagine doing something with a group of people and also just helps you stay on track because, you know, my my facilitator that I work with, you know, describes the whole transformational process like you're running a half marathon on the mat, you know, through, mm. through the breath. It's a lot of breath. So it's a powerful process. Um, you know, I would even liken to it if, if you've had any, you know, experiences with um, plant medicine, for example, like getting into like a peak state of consciousness. I think the breath is actually just such a powerful way to do that without using any other substances. I think this is an amazing intro to this subject. And I I didn't think that we're going to be getting this deep into breath work, but I love it. I just finished reading this research paper that was talking about how when we begin to start controlling our breath and achieve rhythmic breath, especially like the kind of breath that we use for meditation, so earlier, uh, if you're listening right now, we were doing five, five breathing, five in, five out. I do seven, seven. But the point of that breathing is to 
begin to get our brain waves to synchronize. Um, and you can see this in MRI machines when they have monks meditate. Um, the, the, when the cells in the brain fire off, they begin to align. So the peaks show up at the same time and they begin to form very coherent waves. And what they've discovered is that when that's happening, it also allows the different parts of your brain to communicate with each other, which is really unusual. Like normally your unconscious and conscious mind don't talk, which is why you can end up with certain things like all like spontaneously crying or like having visions or having like spiritual experiences is because all of a sudden the pieces of you that weren't integrated get a chance to communicate and a lot of stuff happens. It's unprocessed emotions, it's trauma. Um, and ultimately, I think that it leads us to a really cool place. And so while this might sound far-fetched if you've never done it before, um, I've had experiences doing breath work where I was like weeping and then in like a peak state and like feeling amazing and like my life had been transformed. And it, what it really was, was like an hour of being on a mat, listening to really kooky music and breathing in a controlled way while someone facilitated my experience. Um, so this is like, we're touching on something I think that's very important and very, very interesting and scientifically founded. The whole time I was just nodding and smiling. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, yeah, what, what was actually coming up for me as you shared this, this experience of yours is as I started doing breath work, uh, it's been now in the last two, three years, I um, have started to draw some really deep connections between some of the physical pain and injuries and trauma that I had in past to um, emotions. Uh, deeper emotions and uh, relationships in the past um, and, you know, connecting, for example, um, anger towards someone in my life and how that was related to some of the lower back pain that I was feeling. And so by tapping into these states of flow and the deeper subconscious through the breath, I was able to gain more clarity and more understanding about some of my pain that I've been holding on for a really long time. And, and so really started to, you know, for some of you listening, this might sound just way out there, but, um, you know, through my, through my practices and my experience through my own journey, and then working with many other practitioners, just seeing the, the connections between the physical body and the mental emotional body. Yeah. Um, this is critical. I, I harp on this a lot and it's going to continue to show up because it's important. Um, <laughs> there, the brain has a very hard time distinguishing between emotional pain and physical pain. And I'm wondering in your experience, if when you go into emotional pain while you're breathing and it has a chance to release, uh, like the anger, for instance, mm -hmm. does it affect your experience of physical pain? Like, was there a moment when like you did some kind of work and then your chronic pain also disappeared or lessened? Yeah. Um, definitely a strong connection. And uh, what I notice is um, even during some of those experiences of, of breath work, tapping into that like deep state of flow, um, my body would start to involuntarily move in a sense. So it's like, like uh, for example, like I've had some experiences where, so I've had um, some pretty serious spinal, low back, hip injuries. I had some experiences even through the breathing where my low back and hips started to contract 
and my, my back went into like a deep arch state, you know? And so like mm. all the muscles along the spine were really engaging and my spine was moving. And, Whoa. and so, and, and I've also experienced some shaking, some bodily shaking experiences as well. So I've noticed that during the states of flow and, you know, I, w I wouldn't say that it's uh, like a, like just a end all be all cure, magical cure, you know, oftentimes, and I'm just adding the, the reality to it is, especially if it's something that's really deep rooted, deep seated type of injury or pain, you know, the, the journey towards recovery is an ongoing process. So it requires consistency, repetition, and um, just continuing to, to work on yourself. But so a lot of these experiences have given me insight of, oh, actually things that I can do, exercises I can do with my spine and holding it in long contractions and engagements in certain ways to actually bring more healing and strength to those areas. Hmm. I feel like I want to ask more questions about it, but I also feel like it would be really hard to demonstrate over <laughs> <Right>. a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that is really cool. Um, actually, which, which leads me to like a question that I, I think I'm going to start asking from this point forward. Um, what do you think your most controversial belief is within your space of expertise? One that like, this is the hill I want to die on. And I don't think a lot, many people believe in this, but this is, this is my truth. Like, what's that for you? Mm. Oh, this is a good question. Most controversial belief. And while you're listening, um, I'm going to continue to provide space. So take your time with this question. Okay. But I think, I think that this is a good time to bring up that if you're here for dating and relationships, your ability to be comfortable with long silences is going to be really important too. notice when you're trying to fill the space like I am right now. <laughs> and when you're talking when you don't need to, um, because oftentimes the people who appear to be the most confident who do the best when they're out in like a dating type scenario are okay with taking their time to think up the response that's true to them. And if you want to get really good at this, it'll be important to take the time to pause and feel through as well. And don't be afraid to take the time to pause because it'll make you look good. I appreciate that, Rob. You know, a lot of things were coming up, uh, you know, about just my, my beliefs and philosophies, uh, towards health and well-being, And, you know, I don't know how many of them are controversial, but, you know, since we've, we've just been talking about this is really like, I, I really believe that the root of, of physical pain actually stems from an emotional level. And if you actually peel back that even a deeper layer, it's like a spiritual level. Mm. Um, and, and so I think if I, if I told this to my younger self, maybe even just three, four years younger, I would have been like, you're crazy, dude. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like <laughs> all the stuff going on in your knee and your back and all that is because of some belief pattern and emotion. Like you're crazy, dude. <laughs> so yeah. Hmm. I think, I think I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, 
because again like this this is also something that i thought was really like woo woo and out there and then i started reading research in books and they all seem to point to the same thing when we experience some level of trauma or some experience that we don't have the capacity for at that time our brains change and our physicality changes we store certain emotions within our bodies which is why sometimes when someone's getting a massage and, and maybe you've seen this as well um they start crying and it's like, oh, I just touched an area on the hip and then the weeping starts. Our emotions are everywhere all over us. And the less we take time to work through them, we're doing body work or doing meditation or just thinking through like what happened, um, the more likely we are to end up with that kind of emotional pain existing throughout our person. Is that similar to what you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, and I love that you brought up the example of body work because I have, um, I've trained in massage therapy. I've received so much massage and body work over the course of, you know, the last 15 years of my life as part of my own journey and, um, can think about many different experiences where, you know, the therapist was like going deep into a specific area and I'm like, okay, oh, memory comes up. Mm or, you know, uh, tears come up or just, you know, like just sometimes you don't even, you can't even think of it, but it's just like, whoa, you know, like there's, there's a deep feeling, not just physically, but emotionally there. And um, yeah. And uh, the more that I kind of got into it, I started to draw the connections. And uh, one of these massage therapists I was working with in San Francisco, who was very much connected into the, the mind body aspects and as well as Chinese medicine. And he was going into this area in my armpit. It's actually the subscapularis muscle, if any of you are anatomy geeks, but it's underneath the shoulder blade, basically deep into your armpit. And oh, that sounds so painful, dude. It's so pain, it's so painful and deep. And it's funny because he would say, You're you're my only client who requests work on this muscle. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, it hurts so much, but it feels so good. I can't explain it. <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, this is this is where we go to hide from ourselves. I was like, oh. Okay, that was deep, and I, you know, I started looking up a little bit more about this muscle, and just saw the connections to emotions. And if any of you are familiar with the the psoas muscle, the hip flexors, uh, that's another one that also uh, stores a lot of emotions as well. One of your deep hip flexors that connects the spine to the lower the the hips, through the hips, it connects to the spine and to the femur bone. So it's the only muscle in the body that connects the lower and upper trunk. I find myself like unconsciously just trying to fix my posture anytime that you talk about any of this. It's like, oh crap, am I doing this to myself? Uh, okay, so that being said, uh, I, I see that we're actually getting close to time here. And I also want to make sure that if someone wanted to talk to you more, because like obviously you're an expert in this area, and I think this is pretty esoteric knowledge for most of us. This is mostly new for me. Um, how would they, how would they get in contact with you or like, how would they begin to work with you? Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks Rob. Um, so my website is resilientbeing.me. So you can go online and check me out there. And then on Instagram, it is resilient underscore being, you can, you can find me there. So I have content up there on Instagram and, uh, through my website, you can reach out and shoot me an email and. That'd be the best way to get into contact. Hmm. Who who would be the best type of person to work with you? Like, what would they be going through? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I am focusing on helping people who have dealt with some experiences of, of pain, of chronic pain, or and, or experiencing stress, high stress in their lives, and mm. um, and they are interested in in exploring both the physical aspects of health as well as the um, the mind, the mental aspect of health as well. Um, so people who are open and open to practicing different types of modalities, whether it be yoga, you know, doing breathing. And um, I would also say people who are interested in making a change in their life, making a change to their routines, habits, because um, a lot of what we do through health coaching is really getting to the root of behavior change. Mm. So if you're feeling stuck or you need more guidance and want to improve your energy, improve your health, um, yeah, I'm the person to reach out to. Mm. So if, if someone were like, doing like repeated self-sabotage behaviors, like not going to sleep on time re regularly or just um, eating poorly or something along those lines, would that be the type of person to reach out to? No, that'd be a great, great example. Yeah. And, and so oftentimes, you know, I'd say for the most of us, we know that, you know, when we have certain behavior patterns that are unhealthy or addictive, we, we consciously know that they're not great for us. But the truth is it's the subconscious programming that's running the show, mm. right? So it's, it's so people who are aware they want to make a shift, but are needing some more guidance around how to actually get to the root of that. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. Like, cause like bringing it back to dating, uh, how often do we know that we want to talk to that beautiful person over there, except no, 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 there's this wall of fear in the way. And by the time we're like, oh, I know what I want to say to that person, they're gone. They're already talking to someone else. That's the separation between your conscious and your unconscious mind. We know we should do something, but the emotions are in the way and they stop us. So when you can begin to process those emotions, new actions become available. And so if that's something that you need in your life, then I would, I would really recommend that you hit up Nashad and see if there's something that can be worked out there. And most likely there can be. Uh, so I guess that's basically the time that we have. And I guess I, I'll have one last question for you actually, and then we can wrap. What, what's the best piece of advice that you would give to, to the person listening right now? Like what's one thing that they could take away from this? Just, believe in your, the belief in yourself and the faith in yourself is the most important thing. And trusting that the, the deeper wisdom and the deeper knowledge is, is within yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's everything. Well, brilliant. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here. I learned a ton and I'm sure those that are listening are learning a ton. Uh, this was overall a very fun conversation for me too. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you for being here and I'd love to have you on again. Yeah, this was great, Rob. I'd love to join you again and just talk about a lot more of the stuff. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot more to explore here. And if you're listening right now, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you got something out of this episode, and you better have gotten something out of this episode, there was, there was a lot of good stuff here. Hit subscribe. Share this with someone who would benefit, whether they're in chronic pain, they're looking to get out of their heads or break a pattern, or just get more calm and stress relief in their lives. Send it to those people. 
If you haven't rated this podcast yet, give it a rate. Any interaction that you have with it will help us show up for more people. And I want that. Happier people need more of those. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for being here. And we'll catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time.